0: buy an electric pencil sharpener Mm. when somebody told me that at the time i was like what really (laughs) how hard is it to sharpen a pencil that you have to have an electric pencil sharpener?" but i quickly realized that they're right when you're working with colored pencil as opposed to even regular pencil Mm -hmm. you're sharpening so much more often to keep that really nice sharp tip right so it really adds up over the course of a project how much time you're spending sharpening the pencil doing manually is like grind 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 take it out look nope it's not sharp yet <laughs> stick it back in grind 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 is it sharp yet <laughs> whereas if you've got an electric sharpener it's a
1: today's podcast is brought to you by members circle part of the monthly sharpener community where you'll get longer versions of the podcast such as this podcast today ad-free over there inside members circle we've also got tutorials and we've got a special link set up for you over there in the show notes right now the sharpened artist color pencil podcast inspiration and innovation
0: we're talking everything you want to know about this medium that we love so much
1: and we're your hosts john middick and barb sodiropoulos Hey there, welcome back to the show. My name is John Middick of sharpenedartist.com. This is the Sharpened Artist Color Pencil Podcast. If I haven't mentioned it lately, you mean a lot to me and to this show. There would not be a show without you guys listening. So thank you, thank you so much. All right, I am so excited to welcome my guest today. We are talking with Denise Howard. And I love this little tagline that Denise has. She says... Creating Art from mere Pencils, and Paper. Ah, love it. Just the simplicity, right, of just colored pencil and paper, right? So, welcome to the show, Denise.
0: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. Pleasure to be here.
1: Absolutely. If you're not familiar with Denise, then maybe you've been hiding under a rock or something. She's like one of the pioneers here in colored pencil. She's been around the medium for a long, long time. She's written a book on textures with colored pencil. Um. let's see, what else have you done? You've done so many things. Uh, huge resume. Go check her out. Just go over to the show notes. There'll be a link set up over there for her website and all her uh, social media outlets. So Denise, where to start with you? Let's see here. Let, let me ask you this. How long have you been drawing in colored pencil?
0: Well, I guess it depends on where you start from. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, we all had those awful, awful, awful cheap colored pencils as kids that yeah. we drew maps with in sixth grade right, or something right. like that. They have to press really hard yes. and no color comes out. And uh, Maps and uh,
1: flowers, right?
0: <laughs> yes. And so so probably like everybody else who used those pencils at the time for many years afterwards, I thought, why would anybody ever use these as for making art? But then in college, I, I was majoring in art, and uh, for a commercial art class, mm. the opportunity came up to do something with uh, colored pencil. And so, I went out and bought my first little set of Prismacolors, mm. and I had my mind blown. I was like, wow, these are so much better than, than El Chippo pencils.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, quickly realized it was a slow medium, so I didn't do too much with them in college, because, you know, you've got projects and deadlines and everything. Yeah. So, um so then but th- uh but then about and then I had a really long hiatus from making art at all, it was like mm. twenty close to twenty five years. Oh. and when I got back to my art in two thousand ten, I decided, uh since I was still working full time yeah. and everything too, uh, I thought, well, I should probably kind of narrow my focus down to just one or two media, yeah, so that so that I'm not scattered all over the place, and so i I thought, well, okay, pencil was my first love, graphite pencil, uh-huh. so I'll definitely do some of that. And then, colored pencil, because colored pencil as as we all know is is uh there's no mess, there's no cleanup. there you can just put the pencil down and walk away right. And so I was a little bit rusty, but within just I don't know three or four pieces of working with colored pencil, I picked it right back up because it's just like riding a bicycle, yeah, and uh, have primarily focused on colored pencil since then.
1: oh, that's fascinating. So tw- I didn't know you took that big of a, a break. Like, that. I mean, you didn't you didn't create any art like twenty five years, really?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I uh I I have I got two degrees in college, B.A. Okay. and R. and a B.S. in computer science. Because, okay. oh, you know, you need to be able to support yourself. You better have a real. Yeah, that, that's really a, yeah, a
1: right brain, yeah. ref, left brain kind of thing. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, it, uh, it is. What but a then, juxtaposition and, and then, here. <laughs> yeah. And but then when when I graduated from college, I had to decide. Okay, now which one am I really going to make the living at? Yeah. I did not want to be a starving artist because yeah. that is a real thing. Yeah. And so um, it
1: certainly can then, be.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then especially once moving to Silicon Valley, uh, uh, if if you know anything about the tech industry, right. it's it's completely all consuming. There's no such thing as a forty-hour no, week job. No, there's not.
1: No, absolutely. It's
0: more like I've I worked uh, at least one place I worked. It was more like 80 eighty-hour uh-huh. weeks things like that so there's yeah. no time or energy you barely had time to keep your clothes washed you know right so uh so and i, and I but i had some mistaken ideas at the time too like I thought well you know to sit down and do art i need to make sure i've got at least you know a three hour block of time you know mm. three days a week mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like that and i knew it doesn't have that so i thought well no, no sense even trying mm. it turns out i was mistaken about that you really can do things in, in smaller chunks of time, and it's not all about what you're doing sitting down at a drawing table anyway.
1: So you missed it during the 25 years, and you were thinking about it, huh, it sounds like? Oh, maybe. definitely.
0: Yeah. You know, every time I saw visited um, a museum. Yeah. But I felt really guilty about it, too. Mm. I mean, so, so guilty that, like, if I... Because I knew I knew I had this potential, and yeah. I knew I wanted to be doing it, and I wasn't. And you're doing just wasting it, huh? Yeah, got you. So it was so bad that, like, if I was walking down the street and I said, "Oh, there's an art supply store up ahead," I would like cross the street to go away from the art <laughs> supply store because <laughs> I knew if I went in, it would really yeah. feel bad,
1: <laughs> right? Like <laughs> want
0: to buy stuff that I'd never get a chance to use. Yeah,
1: why tip yourself? Why exactly? Why, why do that?
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, that's too
1: funny. You you probably weren't in that. Did you have several different uh, IT jobs? I'm guessing maybe, or were you well, in yeah, one? I've, for, okay,
0: I've been well. I've been in, in um, uh, doing software engineering ever since I graduated from college in okay. '82. So coming up on 40 years now,
1: ah.
0: and that's been my. And I've worked different places. I've worked in different parts of the country. Right. I've worked in different industries from. From aerospace to entertainment to insurance to you know finance. Well,
1: you <laughs> we'll must love it. There. I mean, that, that must be something you really yeah. are passionate about then as well.
0: Yeah, it's right? it's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, uh, learning a lot, just learning all the time. You right, never stop learning. Oh yeah, and, absolutely.
1: What role in software development were you in? What did you do?
0: So I've always been a. Uh, what you'd call a programmer, mm-hmm. or a so- these, these days these days are all called software engineers.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what languages did you uh, write in? Or well, started,
0: my first, ten, my, my first ten years of my career, it was uh, all COBOL.
1: Oh wow! But, okay.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but, and I wanted to get away from COBOL, and that was part of what motivated me to go back to uh, to grad school. And I okay. got my master's in computer science, focusing in uh, computer graphics, because. Uh. I I had discovered that computer graphics was where the two worlds intersect. Yeah. It was, it was creative and artistic and it also required a lot of, uh, of, uh, computer science.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: So, and, um, uh, where was I going with that?
1: Well, we're talking about languages real quick, uh, oh, yeah, which yeah. really doesn't have a whole lot to do with color pencil. But oh, I'm know. just curious because I, yeah. you know, I ended up I was doing .NET stuff. Uh, went by the time oh, okay. I left my old job, and so uh, a lot of C sharp uh, programming and project management and things like that. But so I've, I'm just curious. Just morbid yeah. curiosity. Yeah. That's all.
0: Well, so well, so once when I got into grad school, then everything was C from then on. Yeah. Not yeah, or just C sharp. Yeah, just C. Yeah, just plain old right. C. And, and assembler too, mm-hmm. and then wow. uh, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> things a long, long way. <laughs> yeah, and then later on came. Uh, uh, let's see, uh, which one did I learn first? I guess I learned Objective C. I've been mm. doing Objective C for the last uh, what twenty five years, something mm. like that.
1: Okay,
0: and I learned some Java along the way there too. Okay. Java is very Java actually very similar to Objective C yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And in fact, depending on who you talk to. Well, very cr- <laughs> Some people say that Java too. was based on Objective C.
1: Ah, really? Okay, yeah.
0: Yeah, like I said, depending on who you who you ask. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but Java, okay, did, yeah, and Java is just uh, uh, very nice with, you know, cross platform and and that sort of thing. So that's that's yeah. cool.
0: I never wanted to do web web development because there there's so many moving parts to mm-hmm. to web pages mm-hmm. and it's changing every six months. And stuff yeah, like that. Like, ah. or,
1: or quicker. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. Right. Interesting. Okay. And uh, and so are are you still working that many hours or has it tapered back? No. A bit? Okay.
0: In fact, in fact, that's part of what enabled me to finally. Uh, get back to my art seriously in in 2010 was i was i was working for a company that did not require so many hours Mm -hmm. and which doesn't mean you work part-time it just means you're working 45 to 50 working
1: Working like most (laughs) of most people are now right yeah
0: right Uh, and and didn't require me to be on call and put in a lot of overtime and stuff like that so yeah um and and i've uh, and ever since then, that's always been part of what I what I look for in, in a yeah in a work environment. Sure. Is what's what's the culture like as far as uh, do they expect everybody to live, eat, and breathe yeah. you know, tech all the time, right. or do they believe in work life balance?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, there's a difference uh, often with a company what they say and what yeah. they actually do in practice. Right. So. Oh yeah. So that enabled you to start creating art, and so let's go mm-hmm. back to around 2010, and you started uh, in graphite again, or did you start in colored pencil? Um, I
0: started right both, back up with or... colored pencil. Okay. Yeah, I've done a little of both along the way. Okay. It just depends on the, the current subject matter.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, that I think probably the big distinction, though, from maybe the way a lot of people w- would take that is that I never consider it my hobby. Yeah. I consider it my other career that okay. just happens to be part-time.
1: Okay. So, um and and what are some of those differences between then making it a hobby and a career? What what would you say that is?
0: So so for me, uh making that distinction has helped me uh maintain the um um what's the word I'm looking for? The focus. Yeah. To, to make time every day to do something art related whether it's whether it's drawing for an hour or looking up reference photos mm-hmm. or taking reference photos or or reading reading a blog or anything yeah. at all that, that that's art related yeah. Whereas if it would, whereas if I treated it as a hobby it would just be like oh I don't know what I'll do today oh maybe I'll pick up my pencils and yeah. doodle something
1: <laughs> right right right. <laughs>
0: and and i have been focused on uh i've i've got goals that i set for myself and so i'm always working toward those toward those goals art mm. art goals like uh-huh. i wanted to i wanted to uh earn signature status in in like the c p s a for example mm. okay. i wanted right. to i wanted to get gallery representation i wanted to win a major award at something things like that and you've done so all of those I have. I mean, you've done all <laughs> of it <actually>, <laughs> and some. So, and you, and you know what? When I when I set out uh, back in 2010, I I, I I even did a business plan and everything. You know, ah, set up yeah. the website, uh, right? Uh, business cards printed, all that stuff. Uh-huh. And when I first when I started out back in 2010, I, I had this idea. I thought, well, I don't know, maybe it'll take me like 15 years to mm-hmm. accomplish some of these goals that I had initially, mm-hmm. and. Um, but because I focused on it, all, I was doing something. Was it every day? Keep keeping it up. Yeah. Uh, I actually attained all of, all of the, those initial goals in five years.
1: Wow, that really is took fantastic. Me surprise. That <laughs> is fantastic. No, that that well, that is a credit to being organized and, and planning things and being consistent, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's also that mindset shift uh, that this is not a hobby. This is something I'm taking serious.
0: Yeah. And it's not to say that it's not fine to treat it as a hobby. Sure, for, many for do, yeah. I want to do that focus. Yeah, it's not for right. it's not for everybody. It's just right. that that was the approach I took. Why?
1: I mean, like, long-term, is, is there, I mean, is this something you're going to do later on, or is this yeah. going to be an encore career, perhaps, or something like that?
0: Yeah. In fact, that had that had a lot to do with that. I had, had okay. in mind that eventually I'd like to reach the point where I can leave high tech behind yeah. for for well and good and not retire so mm-hmm. much as just change careers Transition. to full-time artist. Right. And you read you read about people taking the leap. In fact, there's a book called Taking the Leap <laughs> and that's what it's about. It's for artists that are trying to figure out how to finally become full-time artists. Build the
1: parachute while I'm falling.
0: <laughs> exactly. And and I thought, you know, if I do this right, if I if I plan this all out yeah. and and work at it consistently when it gets to that point, hopefully it won't be a leap. Yeah. it'll just be a step.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, I love that. That's that's really that's really awesome. The the thing that keeps popping up in the back of my mind, though, Denise, is you know, there's a lot of work involved in. Uh, I mean, doing it the way that you're talking about. Um, there is, a, yeah. and it takes a lot of hours. Uh, it you does know, that you were trying to get away from. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's like. There, there There's so many things uh, like you're not you're not doing this where you're just working on art. I mean, guys, um, Denise, you know, she she wrote she wrote this book. She writes uh, blog posts all the time. She's uh, she's entering shows constantly. You've judged shows. Um, You know, you're you're busy doing a lot of things. So but I get the impression that you probably wouldn't be happy unless you were very, very busy. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah. Well, especially when after all those years working for companies that required you to be working so many hours, uh,
1: you build that work ethic, don't you?
0: <laughs> you build that work. Well, and I had that work ethic already yeah. anyway. And yeah. then, and then and, and and those were hours that I would would rather had been doing something I really mm. was passionate about. Right. The and so now that I've figured out that that I've got something, you know, I've got the, the time carved out to do it. Yeah, I just transfer all that energy into uh, to doing the art stuff.
1: Right. Oh, that's
0: so there there are definitely times when I d- still don't get a lot of sleep <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> <But> at, least, <laughs> at least I have something wonderful to show for it afterwards, which unlike unlike in software engineering, where, you know, in, in five years, most code is obsolete. yeah right. <laughs> nobody ever cares again <laughs> that you ever wrote it <laughs>
1: right, right. Oh, that's so true. I remember getting called back one time uh, from a department where I had written uh, some software, and and there was some old code and, you know, and I had had uh, all my information in there and they called me up and like, what was this? And what, when what was and they've been using it for a long time. And I, I, oh. I was a little prideful about that. I thought, well, good. Huh. At least it worked. I thought it was spaghetti code, but OK. <laughs> but anyway, um, th- this
0: well, maybe is maybe it was. That's why they had you me, me coming it.
1: and uh, <laughs> helpful with it. It's too funny. So if I look at your artwork. Uh, You know, I'm super impressed with I'm always so impressed. And I'm always thinking, though, um, that I I know I know who you are, like I know what you're going to uh, do. But then you always surprise me and and you and you kind of switch just these little micro switches into maybe a slightly different subject, it seems like. And it feels Mm -hmm. like you're going to do that again. I don't know. I could be wrong, but it's kind of fun to watch. Uh, is there a particular
0: subject matter
1: that uh, or genre that you feel like is you know your favorite?
0: Well that's a, that's a great observation on your part and, and in fact, uh, I do have a couple of themes that run through a lot of my work mm-hmm. but but I don't stick to that that every once in a while there'll be something because uh, from my reference photos that jumps out at me and mm-hmm. it's completely unrelated to anything else mm-hmm. but I just really I'm attracted to it. Either, maybe it's just pretty, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. that and that's fine too. It, everything doesn't have to be a museum masterpiece yeah. or something like that. We do things because they appeal to ourselves first, right? It's in fact, I'm working on something right now that um, people look at and go, "Wow, I didn't expect Denise to do that." I thought was, I thought she'd do another tree.
1: Something yeah, like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've kind of shifted over into trees for a little bit, but, but I mean, before that, I mean, you've you've done you've done flowers, you've done still life, you've done. Uh maybe a couple portraits right here and there. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, it's been kind of uh all over, but there's some consistency uh in the approach or in the technique. So let's talk about technique for a second. Um mm-hmm. what are like some of the things that you feel like okay, this is me. This is the techniques that I use. What would that be?
0: Well, um let's see. I'm going to think of how to interpret that.
1: Well, okay, course. let's let's think about it like this. Like, do you um, do you like to use solvent in your work? Um, is there a particular like like is there something in particular like I've always got to do it this way, or this is always oh, the I surface see. I use, or this is, you know, I, I I always burnish, or I always you know fill oh, in I the see. blank. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Well, um, I mean, I have. I have certain favorite surfaces that I work okay. on, but I do but I do have a variety of surfaces yeah. too I'm always willing to try out new ones, but I think my all-time favorite surface is still Stonehenge paper. Ah uh, okay. Because, yeah because uh, it's got such a consistent uh, overall fine non-directional tooth. yeah and it puts up with a lot of abuse. yeah no matter what no matter what kind of technique or tool or solver or anything right. you want to throw at it it, it takes it and it yeah. doesn't it doesn't break down.
1: And it's deceiving, too, because it, it yeah. appears to be flimsy at the beginning, you know, and then you can just keep on going with it, right? Yeah. Now, yeah. I like to, when I'm using Stonehenge, I use a very light, light touch to the mm-hmm. point of the pencil. Uh, on the other hand, I have I have witnessed uh, Cecile Baird just pressing pretty hard right from the beginning and getting a great result doing it that way. Do, is there a particular method or technique that you use when you're building up your layers or.
0: Yeah. I, I tend to be a light touch as well. Um, I'm actually doing it, this piece that I'm working on right now that I said would people would look at it and go, oh, "Yeah, I'm surprised." You've really piqued my
1: curiosity <laughs> here. <laughs> I'm guessing you're not going to reveal anything, but
0: it's well, no, no I, I can tell you it's, it's okay. some Christmas ornaments. Oh, you know, okay, okay. Christmas balls, a lot of reflection. Then I guess te- yes, it's a tight close-up, and ah. there's actually a variety of textures in them. One's super reflective, oh, and one's neat. satiny, and one's got little uh, uh, glitter sparkles on oh, it, which wow. is turning out to be really challenging. Oh. Stuff like that, yeah, but. Uh, but so on this one, I'm actually experimenting with using a lot of pressure on it and uh, it's giving it's making my thumb sore <laughs> <laughs> from the, from the extra pressure yeah.
1: involved
0: that I'm really liking the results. And and like you said, it's, it's amazing that the stonehenge just puts up with it yeah. and, and keep right on going. You can keep putting more on top of it, even though you've used a lot of pressure. Right. So, and like I say, normally I, I have a pretty light touch. I do build, build layers up slowly, slowly, slowly.
1: Yeah. Stonehenge works really well uh, for that type of technique. Um, yeah. So, what pencils uh, do you prefer?
0: Well, it, it's funny. A Prismacolor was the first real, real quote, quote, yeah. colored pencils that that I had, right. and so, uh, so and that was the first full set of colored pencils I ever had too. So, um, I know, and the, and there are certainly better pencils out there now. But even when I use the Better pencils, mm-hmm. like, like I'm using the uh, Caran d'Ache Luminance pencils uh-huh. mostly these days, but I still think in Prismacolor colors. <laughs>
1: got those like got those names color, down, huh?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I look at a color in yeah. my reference, I go, oh, that looks like Lime Peel. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: Or, oh, that looks like Tuscan Red.
1: <laughs> oh, you're mentioning <laughs> some of like my that. favorites from Prismacolor Premier, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, I, it seems like to me... um, that some of the other pencil companies are just now getting up to speed with the yeah. variety of colors that Prismacolor yeah. Premier the lightfastness has had too. Well, yeah, and and the lightfastness, to the light yeah, pensions, yeah too,
0: thanks to the Color and Pencil Society of America,
1: absolutely, it, yeah,
0: because uh, they've they've awakened everybody's expectations on that, and so now people before they buy pencils, they're asking the manufacturers or asking the yeah. the sellers about, well, how how lightfast are these? Right. So I, I think that's a good thing. It, it's It's part of what goes into elevating our favorite medium as a a true fine art medium.
1: Absolutely. Now, and I might mention, uh, Denise, you are on the board, right, for CPSA? Right. right? The National Board, is that right? uh, Yep. Yeah.
0: I'm the uh, National Communications Director.
1: Yeah, there we go. So, um, yeah, I'm talking to the uh, lazy, lazy person today. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Um, so, you're, you're liking the uh, Luminance pencils. What about any other pencils? Um, Derwent Lightfast or Polychromos or any of those? Well, I, I've,
0: I've got full sets yeah. of most of the major brands out there yeah. <laughs> But you can think of. Right. <laughs> I, 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 also, I do also really like the Derwent Lightfast pencils. Mm-hmm. They've got some really rich, dark colors mm-hmm. that uh, that you don't see in other sets. And and they apply very similarly to the luminance mm. or the yeah. or the prism colors. They're yeah. a little a little creamier. Right. Um, I've got I've got polychromos. I am still not as big of a fan of polychromos pencils okay. as a lot of people are though because I know people people always say oh well they hold a point better but when I when I hear that that phrase they hold a point better yeah what I what I hear is they're hard. <laughs> <laughs> And I, don't, and I don't, I just, just for me, yeah. it's just me. Yeah. Everybody's different. Right, right. I, I like a pencil to be a little, a little more creamy.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah.
0: A little softer. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. <laughs>
1: no, that makes sense. Uh, what about the uh, Pablo pencils by Karen Dosh? Do you?
0: Yeah, I, ha- I have them too. And they, they also are a little on the hard side yeah. in, in my estimation. Yeah, they so are. So to me, they're very similar to the the polychromos. Okay.
1: So you don't really use those too much then.
0: Not Not too much um, when I when I get a new set of colored pencils that I've never had before, right. and I did this when I got the Pablos for for example, and I did this when I got the polychromos for example. Uh, what a lot of people will do to to, to get their first initial initiation yep. with a set of pencils is they'll they'll do a few little swatches on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And it takes them about 15 minutes, and they've already formed their opinion at that point about what those pencils are like. And and, She's talking about me here,
1: guys. She's talking about me. (laughs) That's exactly what I do.
0: (laughs) See, what what I learned over time, though, is that you can't – it's like getting to know a person.
1: Yeah. It's
0: like you can get an initial impression in in 10 minutes or something like that, but you don't really know a lot about them until you spend more time with them. And try out different aspects of them and try out different uh, different techniques yes, and everything. Yep. So, when I get a new set of pencils that I've never had before, like I, and like I said, I did this with the Polychromos and this Pablo's, everything. Uh, I don't just do a few swatches. And yeah. I also don't just throw them in with all my other pencils. Yes. I do a full, full-on project mm-hmm. that's going to take me dozens of hours with just that set of pencils.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the and the idea is that by the time I finish that project, I have a pretty darn good idea yeah. how that set works and across all the all the colors that I would normally use across the the way yeah. the way I normally use pencils more than everything. a
1: test drive yeah that's
0: yeah you know
1: whenever I try something new uh, yeah I I barely dip my toe in the water and I hate it mm-hmm. and then I put it away. And then I, I kind of warm up to it, you know, just personality, I think. And then, and then I'm just like, <laughs> okay, maybe I'll try you again. Maybe I'll see how yeah, you friend. play with the rest of these friends over here. Um, but, yeah, no, you are right. And, actually, Barb Sotiropoulos has uh, got me to um, – I'm coming around, and I'm thinking more about that whole idea. Like she does these color charts, and and I think there's value in that now where I used to just really dismiss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there's a lot of value in that. Is give you know
0: giving yeah. giving
1: a new surface or a new pencil a fair shake yeah. rather than yeah. just being dismissive about it.
0: Um, yeah, because because initially you're going to be forcing your own way of yeah your
1: own technique that you, on it, and
0: yeah. if it doesn't do that, then you might think okay, forget it. Yeah. But if you learn how those work, yeah. and work with that. You may end up liking them better than right. you like something else.
1: Yeah, and, you know, a good case in point here, I guess, would be um, you talk about the Strathmore colored pencil paper. And that yeah. is a paper surface that has, uh, you know, been the uh, the subject of a lot of uh, ire uh, for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people don't like it. And I'm included in that. I, mean, I don't yeah, like it for, that for my techniques. But I have seen some people that are able to use yeah. it with colored pencil yeah. and they enjoy it. I don't. I didn't didn't like it for either. that. There's enough other Strathmore paper surfaces that I do enjoy that uh I you know do what I want them you know what I what I need the surface to do that Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just can't swallow that colored pencil paper. But on the other hand, and I get, I've not done it. I've not used it enough.
0: So. Yeah. Well, and I gave it, I gave that Strathmore colored pencil paper a fair shake mm-hmm. when it came out too. So I thought, well, yeah, a company's actually yeah. focused on colored pencil. And I was so disappointed. I i mean, I did a full project on it yeah. and I just was not happy with, with it. Um, and not to sound like an advertiser or anything, but um, uh, I found, so there's, there's koh huh colored pencil paper and it's pretty darn decent actually. And it's called it's colored got, pencil paper? Co- the, Co-Anor, the Co-Anor makes, koh koh makes, yeah. They, they make a it's called colored pencil paper oh and uh it's interesting I, I, I the way I would describe it it's like an economical version of Stonehenge I mean it's ah. those are completely different companies they're, yeah. they're not the same right. makers at all but it's not it's, it's not as thick as Stonehenge okay. and it won't put up to as many layers as Stonehenge but other than that it's pretty it's pretty durable hmm. and uh it's got the same sort of all over fine non-directional texture to yeah. it and these days, I I use it when I teach uh, my workshops.
1: Really? Okay, I'll have because, to look that up. NOR colored pencil paper. We'll put a link in the show notes, guys. So you like to start people out on this, huh? Yeah. Interesting.
0: Yeah, because because like I say, it's it's cheaper than Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. Cheap, we know Stonehenge is is an expensive paper because yeah. it's a one hundred percent cotton printmaking paper. Right. The uh, the Coignor paper is not is not cotton, but it's uh, but it's acid free and everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like I say, it's, it's more economical and,
1: Oh, that's pretty, fascinating. Pretty similar. Okay. Ah, a new paper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so they, awesome.
0: They come in, they come in, uh, uh, uh spiral bound books that have these, these cool, what they call in and out pages too. So when you rip it out of the, 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 uh, book. Uh-huh. You can still put it back in the book. Oh, it does not doesn't tear out so much as it comes out. Oh,
1: okay, not they've, a perforated they've, they've, edge or anything. It just
0: no. They've got lifts this. Uh, I, I think they—they they trademarked it or copyrighted it huh. or something like that. Their their mechanism for for doing oh, that. Oh,
1: that's fascinating. Okay, you yeah. sold me. Yeah, yeah. You sure you don't work <laughs> for all? just this season? <laughs> no. Uh, that that's interesting. Okay, very cool. All right. Um, solvent, fixative, uh, powder blender, uh, pan pastel. Let's talk about all of that. Do you use any of these other special I potions have, and powders and and whatever else?
0: <laughs> I have at least tried all okay. those things. Um, let's see as far as um, solvent I, mm-hmm. I do use solvent from time to time. Okay. just depends on the, the, the situation. yeah your time zone it comes in really handy. Um, uh, Gamsol. Okay,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, I love. Uh,
0: I do. I do use fixative, file, file fixative on everything. The only time I don't use file fixative uh-huh. at the end is when I'm working on uh, like Duralar, yeah, or um, something like that. Okay. Because especially, especially on Duralar, if you use fixative. Since it's not an absorbent surface, yeah. all those little droplets just sit on the surface. And on every other surface, I'm a firm believer that you want something that will seal and protect the surface. Yes. Yeah, so even you... if because even if you're gonna put it under under, under glass mm-hmm. in a frame, sooner or later somebody's probably gonna reframe it, you know, yeah. because the glass broke broken or just just whatever. Right. And so you still want it to be protected. And then not only that, but if you're using wax-based pencils, so so-called wax-based mm-hmm. pencils, because they have more waxes than than oils right. in them. Um, You want to avoid having a wax bloom, Mm -hmm. which the fixative prevents that as well because, again, it seals the surface so that the waxes can't come to the surface. And um, I have used pan pastels in the backgrounds of a couple of of pieces. Mm. Do you um, like them? Yeah, they I don't use them very often. I, I find they're most useful if you want, uh, if you have a large area to cover that you want a pretty even yeah. color of some kind.
1: Right, right.
0: It, it, it helps help speed things up. Um, the solvent
1: does look, sort of the same thing, right? I mean,
0: sort of the sort of the same, but um, mm-hmm. you, you, you almost can't help but end up with a, a kind of a blotch, a little blotchier effect from that. And so right. then you still need, you just still need to go back in and. and uh, touch things up to even out the yeah, blotches yeah so so i do some of that too i tried the powder blender and i did give it a, sh- a fair shake i was working on a pretty good sized piece there everything, and i very carefully read all the all it was written in mm-hmm. the book that that she wrote about right. um, the techniques i read just read it all very intently before yeah. i even started so i could make sure i was using it right right but i know you've had great success with it your 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 portraits have been pretty amazing
1: Oh, well, thank you. I, I, but I don't use that uh, real often, to be honest. Oh, you yeah. don't? No. So I may have cut you off earlier, Denise. And we are talking about surfaces, and we did talk about Stonehenge. You also mentioned uh, drafting film. What other uh, surfaces do you gravitate towards? Uh, oh, and the colored pencil paper. We talked about it as well. Oh, yeah. Like, cool yeah, and
0: art. Uh, I also like uh, UART sanded paper ah,
1: with sanded yeah. pastel
0: paper. yeah either the 600 or 800 grit particularly that the 600 grit Oh you um, like the
1: 600 I like the the yeah, 800 no. a little bit better What why is that just the ability to have more layers is that it on the 600 Yeah
0: you can get such rich colors yeah. and dep- and again it sort of depends on what your subject matter is yeah. if it's if it's a subject that's got a, a big expanse of color that's certainly a way to 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 get that taken care of a lot faster Right and it, it does eat your pencils, but mm-hmm. uh, and the re- and the reason I prefer the six hundred or the eight hundred grit mm-hmm. is I've noticed the eight hundred grit paper a lot of times has a um like almost you can almost see like a grid pattern oh, yeah. in it tries to emerge right, that right. You, you don't get that with the six hundred grit.
1: Yeah, I'm fighting um usually with the eight hundred to <laughs> to cover that up. Um, yeah, and most of the time I'll cover it up. It it doesn't bother me personally a whole lot, but you're right. Yeah. The six hundred, yeah, I guess that's a le- little less pronounced. I've used it a couple of times. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. Do you? So this is this is one thing that um, maybe pull those polychromos pencils back out and see if I'm not right about this. <laughs> when you start out in um, just your initial layer, you know, in uh-huh. in your on your Uart paper, if you start out with polychromos pencils, then you can take like a stiff bristled brush and uh-huh. move that around quite a bit. Yep and it's so fluid i mean yeah. it, it's wonderful but yeah. you can do it with a wax-based pencil also i suppose yeah you, know, you can yeah but...
0: it's 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 not as easy with the wax-based pencil yeah. because it's going to tend to try to stick to the bristles yeah. of the brush just a little bit yeah it, and time. it
1: stays in place more too yeah. than the, the polychromos yeah. does but yeah that's yeah. fun though I also, to use
0: yeah i'll use either the polychromos or the um Rembrandt Lira Polycolors when I'm working on the the Uart right paper. Mm. Those are those are a little those are a little cheaper, so I, I don't have, have to worry so much okay. about the investment.
1: Yeah, the I thing, don't use those real often. Up.
0: That's interesting.
1: Is there a preferred uh, fixative that you like? A preferred brand on the fixative?
0: I I got turned on to the Lesco Oh yeah, fixative. I love that one. L a s c a u x. Yeah, um, I really like it because it's it's it it does cost more, yeah. But it's one of those it's one of those things. It's kind of like the luminance pencils. It costs more, but it's once you try it. it, you go ooh, <laughs> yeah, now I get it. <laughs> that's
1: right. No, that's absolute. That's my absolute favorite as well. We'll have yeah, that in it the comes show notes. out in a
0: really really fine mist. Yes. Yeah, I've never never had a can spit on me.
1: No, no, it it works so so well. Nice UV protection of your work too. Yeah, so important. So when you started out, when you came back to art. And you had not done it for so long. What are some of the best words that that you know you remember that you hold on to when you came back to art?
0: Let's see. When I came back to it, well, it took it took a long while for me to get plugged into any networks where I could. I just thought I, I okay. just thought of one. Okay, uh, to get buy an electric pencil sharpener. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's it sounds so simple and so silly. And yeah, I remember why? when somebody. Why? When somebody told me that at the time, I was like, what? Really? (laughs) How hard is it to sharpen a pencil that you have to have an electric pencil sharpener? Yeah. (laughs) But but I quickly realized that they're right because uh, typically when you're working with colored pencil, as opposed to even regular pencil, Mm -hmm. you're sharpening so much more often to keep that really nice sharp tip. Right. So it really adds up over the course of a project. Yeah, how much time you're spending sharpening the pencil? Yes, and so it's it's a difference between you know doing manually. It's like grind, grind, grind. Take it out. Look, nope, it's not sharp yet. <laughs> Stick it back in. Grind, grind, grind. Is it sharp yet? <laughs> Whereas if you've got an electric sharpener, it's a like, zoom. Boom, there you go. You're done.
1: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right.
0: I love that. No one has ever said that.
1: I don't think on on the show. I love that. That, that's great advice, and, and you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, do you want to spend, you know, uh, a, what, a fifth of your time or whatever it yeah. is sitting there with five hands sharpening yeah. these pencils? And it's so difficult to, to do really that It really adds manually. up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, in particular, I mean, a lot of the things that, that I've um, developed that I advise people to, to do are things that have to do with saving either making time or saving time. Um.
1: I'd well, like to hear no. anything else you have to say about that because, <laughs> well, no, truly. I mean, that that is – I love that because that's a primary concern of mine. too. And, yes. and, and coming from – maybe that has something to do with uh, being in software as long as you have been. But, I mean, that was my background too is finding efficiencies and trying to mm-hmm. eliminate uh, – I mean, if, if – the way it was where I worked, I mean, if I el- was able to eliminate a, an FTE – through software that was that was mm-hmm. a good day you know and yep. so i think the same way with the approach to art it's like how can i make this quicker faster better yeah you know
0: well particularly since you know most of us are working full-time or have yeah. families to take care of everything and right. so what, the, number, the amount of time we have in a day or a week to to spend our artwork is so limited we want to maximize it's that precious as much time as possible. so look yep. for those those shortcuts right so uh so something else I recommend people do is make swatch charts mm-hmm. and uh just swatch out uh so, so like what I did and I actually um ended up making swatch charts that you can color in yourself, and I put them as a down- uh download on my website. You don't have to like sign in or give me your email address or anything like that. they're just oh, there for the taking How
1: generous download it's on.
0: The downloads and media page on, on my website. Um, for most of the major brands that color pencils, I have their PDFs. You download them, you print them off, and then color them in with your own set of pencils. And uh, that saves a huge amount of time, yeah, too. Yeah,
1: there we go. I see them because, over here. Very cool.
0: Because you think about the um, uh, without a sweats chart, suppose you're working on any particular piece, and yeah. you look at your reference, and you go, well, that's, that's a red, and so here's my pencils, and... I pick out this red and, well, that maybe that's the one. You do a little scribble with it. Oh, <laughs> right. no, that's not quite the right red. Put it back. Pick up a different one. Maybe maybe that's the right one. scribble. No, yeah. that's not the right one either. Whereas if you've got the swatch chart, you just look at it, the swatch chart, and you can see what that red looks like. Yeah. That's the red. And you just go straight to that pencil.
1: Right, right. <laughs> so you do that. Do you keep them in a, like a, a three-ring binder or something? Right.
0: Or? I've got them in a, in a stack and, okay. and, and um, keep them in a, in a file yeah. folder. And then whichever set of pencils I happen to be using for a particular project, right. I pull those, that swatch chart out and I tape it to my drawing board.
1: Okay. And, and yeah.
0: so I've got the, got them right there all the time.
1: Right. Very cool. Okay. Um, any other time-saving uh, tips that you could tell us? I love well,
0: this. Yeah. Uh, and another time saving tip is to, uh, carve out a little space somewhere in your, in your abode mm-hmm. for, that's always set up ready to go. So all you have to uh. do is sit down and go to work. Yeah. Uh, because if you're, because if you're, um, if your situation is that any time you get ready to do something, you have to spend 15 minutes getting set up. Right. And then at the end, spending 15 minutes putting everything away, well, that's 30 minutes of your life yeah. that you're not actually getting to do what you wanted to do. Right. And, th- and not only that, but that in itself can be a big enough obstacle that you might say to yourself, oh, well, it'll take me 15 minutes to get set up, so I won't do it.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then
0: you've missed that whole for, whole time.
1: Yeah. And that's one of the beautiful things about colored pencil is I used to I used to actually sit down and draw maybe five, uh, sometimes 20 minutes before work, you know, because, because you could do it, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Awesome. I love it. Um, it doesn't
0: mean you have to have a whole studio or anything. You can just have a little corner, little corner, corner desk somewhere, yeah. or uh, just some some place, some little nook that's that's all set up ready to go with your pencils yeah. and your your drawing board and
1: absolutely. everything absolutely. Well, that's one one of the things I think that uh, is so attractive about the medium of colored pencil, especially for be- beginners, but even beyond, is that it's so approachable. This is an yeah. easy medium. It can be a very easy and approachable medium. So yeah. I love it. All right. All right. Any other advice, Denise, that you can think of that you would give somebody maybe just coming to colored Pencil brand new today or someone who – well, we'll we'll handle that one first. Let's talk about a beginner, someone who is just brand new to the medium. What advice Mm. would you give them?
0: Well, I would tell them – about, uh, there's all kinds of YouTube videos out there these days where mm-hmm. you can pick up basic uh, basic techniques about how to, to do different textures, different subjects, things like that. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would point them there first so that they get the general idea okay. of how they, yeah. how they work w- without making the big investment first. Right, right. And then when they get ready to, to actually buy the pencils, I would suggest uh, buy the, buy the best ones you can afford mm-hmm. at the time. Doesn't mean you have to go out and buy Caran luminance right away right. because we know those are expensive. But don't just get the old cheapo, you know, yeah. twenty bucks for a set of one hundred and fifty pencils either because those are probably going to be really crappy pencils. Yeah, <laughs> and they will—they will interfere with your learning. they they are its not a bargain if you end up having to buy another set <laughs> right. later just to overcome the problems uh, that you had with the first set
1: <laughs> it's like buying the uh, can opener at uh, you know the dollar store as opposed <laughs> to just going over to target or somewhere you know yes, <laughs> yes exactly Oh uh, so <laughs> true all right i love that what about advice for someone maybe they've um maybe they've been working at colored pencil for a while let's talk about someone who is getting discouraged maybe somebody's been doing it for 10 years And maybe they've had one acceptance into the CPSA International Exhibition, but uh, they've been rejected a few times um, and they're just getting a little discouraged. And maybe they start looking around at other mediums or something. What would you say to that person?
0: Hmm. Well, that's a, that's a, that's, it's not that that's a tough one. It's that that usually requires a little more this discussion time that we probably yeah. have here to, <laughs> yeah. to get them fully motivated again. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. but I suggest there's certainly nothing wrong with experimenting with other media because yeah. we, we all end up gravitating to particular media. Some yeah. people leave pencil behind and go off to oil paints. And yeah. some people leave oil paints and come back to colored pencil. And uh, no, that's okay. They weird. should
1: do that, but they should never yeah. leave colored pencil. Let me just be clear about that. Okay. <laughs>
0: But but I would I would point out to them that uh as far as re- rejections from shows, yeah. I mean everybody has that happen. Yeah. I get I get I get show rege- rejections all the time yeah. too. We you just people just don't talk about those. Yeah. You you hear about the acceptances and then you think, Oh, they get accepted to everything they, they enter and they get awards. It's like, no, no. not at all. Right, right. Well uh, so it, it all it depends a great deal on who the particular juror happens to be. Yeah. Depends a lot on that. It's what's, what their tastes are and yeah. how they were feeling that day. Right, right. Whether they're trying to balance the material across the show or whether they're just looking at what's the abs, the, the best pieces mm-hmm, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: so forth. So it, it yeah, there's um, different
1: just, criteria, right? To judge yeah, the show. just,
0: just so. keep entering those competitions. Uh, pay pay attention to who the jurors are. You know, because if if the if the show that you're thinking about entering, mm-hmm. if the juror is an abstract expressionist <laughs> in their own work. That's a pretty good clue. They're yeah. probably not going to be looking at photorealistic stuff, <laughs> right?
1: Right. No, and that and that's great advice. Yeah that 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 is so important. Um, and if you are discouraged about that today, guys, you're listening. Um, just keep this in mind: it that that is a person judging your show, yeah. just a person. You're a person. They're a person. That's all that that's all that's going on. I don't like it that other colored pencil shows grab colored pencil artists to judge the show because there could be some politics going on at the very least you feel bad inside because you know whose work it is sometimes i think it's so difficult but if you have an objective third party from a different medium i think there's a lot of wisdom in that and the C- it's one thing i appreciate about the cpsa they do that with the international exhibition i think that's there's a lot of wisdom in that
0: I'm glad you. I'm glad you've you've noticed that about the CPSA exhibitions too. Is Mm -hmm. that um, the CPSA International Exhibition? The the jurors that we that we select every year, um, they very particularly want somebody who's not a colored pencil artist. In fact, they prefer that they're not an artist at all.
1: See, I think that's so wise.
0: They're they're like a museum curator. Yeah,
1: yeah, I've noticed. Yeah,
0: because. we want we want the works to be judged not as colored pencil art, yeah, but as art, period. Yeah, yeah. So because that's what's going to continue to help us elevate it as as a fine art medium is to 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 not say oh well for they need sure. to know about colored pencil art like well you you don't need to do that for for oil painting right to say oh well they need to be an oil painter to to judge oil paintings like no but right. if, if you oh. want that what paintings judge as art
1: I wish every colored pencil competition and show would do that
0: i think the single best piece of art advice i ever got mm-hmm. and i pass this on to everybody when, when i get an opportunity to is and this this was something from a um a show juror okay now, and i can't i can't even remember what show anymore I, it wasn't a color pencil show it was just a show okay. in general yeah and he said uh, show me something i've never seen before
1: Mm. That's
0: how to get. That's how to get my attention and make me really look at your.
1: Whoa! Work. I love that, that.
0: Yeah, it blew my mind. Yeah, so I think about that now every time I'm thinking of uh, of uh, putting together a piece for a show. It's like, what am I? What am I providing here? That's maybe something they haven't seen before. It doesn't mean it has to be an unusual. subject it doesn't have anything. to be
1: something they've never seen before, but it can right. be something they've never seen before because exactly. you're showing them. Something in a different, in a different way. way, yeah,
0: your vision of it, yeah, oh
1: my goodness, I wish I'd have thought of that. That is brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? I love that. <laughs> hmm that's that's very good that that should kind of guide uh you know what we're doing because we're I mean, why why are we doing art anyway we're we're wanting to portray something through our lens, right? And mm-hmm. so we do want to highlight that or show it in a particular way. And we all want
0: people to look at it, yeah, and to see it—not just look at it, but see it, see it
1: intimately, yeah. see it and know it. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that is really good. Wow, that's that's a that that is a, a good thing to to ponder and to contemplate. And I can think of different uh, pieces of artwork that I've seen where I I sort of had that, you know, that that emotive kind of uh, reaction. When I look at it, like oh, I never saw that in that way. That's really cool. Exactly. Love that. Hmm. All right. Awesome stuff. Okay, so unless you're sworn to secrecy on certain things, Denise, is there something that you could tell us about uh, the future? Like what what are you working towards right now? Is there something big uh, on the horizon here?
0: Well, one of these days. It's still, it's still one of these days. <laughs> I'll, I'll make that step over to, uh, to full time uh, art making, and That's awesome. uh, at, at that point, I'm going to try to uh, one of my one of my next goals is to have um, bigger gallery representation. Oh, I have a, okay have a gallery that oh, do represents okay. right now. Where but, where is that? Want, where
1: where are you showing? That's
0: uh, it's it's called the Cheryl Watts Pottery and Gallery mm-hmm. in uh, Monterey. It's it's right on Cannery Road. If uh, if you're familiar with, with Monterey and Canary Row at all, there's there's this big hotel down there on the on the waterfront and it's like right across the street from that hotel. Oh nice.
1: Pretty close to your uh, area or Well yeah, it's
0: about a two hour drive. Okay. Yeah. not too bad. It yeah. makes a good excuse to go to yeah. Monterey, though. <laughs> there you Dude, go, <laughs> Monterey Aquarium and hang out with the sea lions yeah. and everything. Gorgeous down there.
1: So how? <laughs> that's awesome. So are you going to? Um, you're you're just going to start reaching out to other galleries, or are you going to have an agent work yeah. with you, or what? What are you going no, to I, do? I'll, I'll
0: try. I'll try doing it myself okay. first, and and, and then I'll, I'm just going to ex- ex- be expanding everything. I'll okay. I'll do more more social media stuff at that point, okay. and and. Uh, Probably participate in a couple more festivals per year. Mm-hmm. I, I will not start doing a festival circuit. Yeah, that's
1: a lot of work. <laughs> it's too much work, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my
0: god, I told I told my husband I, that I said if I ever announce one day that I'm going to start doing the festival circus circuit, have me committed to an asylum immediately. <laughs> Maybe we
1: should call it a circus.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, didn't slip there.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. it's just yeah, it's such a manual, manual process, manual job. So
0: yeah
1: uh so the gallery, have you been represented with this gallery for quite some time or
0: yeah, that... about uh, I think it's eight years now. Wow, that's seven really or eight that's years something like that. Yeah, and yeah. that's been
1: good. She's,
0: yeah, that's she a good sold, relationship. sold a few of my originals down oh, there. Good. So that's awesome. Yeah.
1: So, do you recommend something like that for uh, an artist who has been working for a while and building up a consistent body of work that that they should consider a gallery?
0: Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I mean, there there are pluses and minuses yeah. too. Of course. Uh. One is that typically a gallery is going to take fifty percent right. of uh, of whatever the 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 advertised price of it is. Yeah. So you're going to have to what so. Think about how much you really want to get from your piece. Yeah. And then double that. That's what they'll I mean, that that's what the the, the double price is what they will mm-hmm. put on in, in the gallery. So
1: you still get whatever you would have been perhaps selling right. it for, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. And that works out fine too. Right. But uh yeah, I mean it's a it's a nice feather in your cap to mm-hmm. put on your art resume that you're represented by by galleries. It adds a little little cred.
1: Yeah, a little street cred <laughs> for you there. That's yeah. right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Anything? This is this has been wonderful. Um, you've shared so much, and I really appreciate it. Uh, in closing, though, I mean, anything else that you can think of, Denise, that you want to share before we go?
0: Tell people just keep drawing. All right. I every carry a copy of my book that I sign. I sign it and say, "Keep drawing."
1: Oh, you do. So if we order yeah. one of your books, you sign that, and you yeah, put that encouragement. That be ordered in they order
0: from there. my if they order from my website, if it's off of Amazon, it's coming from the publisher. Yeah. So they. There, um, I don't get any uh, royalties or anything from those. But if you were from my website, it comes to oh, yeah. me. Oh, yeah, let's not I do that.
1: It. Let's order from Denise's website. <laughs> no, absolutely. That's awesome. Well, Denise, thank you so much. I mean, we could go on talking for a long, long time, but uh, I want to be respectful of your time here, and I really appreciate it. Uh, guys, go over to the show notes. Check it out. Uh, we'll have all the links set up for you over there. You can reach out to the show by emailing podcast at com. Take care and stay sharp. Bye-bye.